Welcome to After All, the cross-generational podcast dedicated to discovering and rediscovering the social, political, and personal impact of The Mary Tyler Moore Show. I'm your host, Ariel Fisher. And I'm Sylvia McConnell. Welcome to the show, guys. This week, we have episode 13, The Square-Shaped Room. It just occurred to me the other day, actually. I don't think we've given very much explanation. Somebody might be coming into this show kind of on a whim. They might be deciding, hey, I like this show. I'm going to listen to it now. And we have our introduction, and that's totally cool but we don't explain in that introduction that we're a mother-daughter team we are a mother-daughter team we are a mother-daughter team we look alike we do we sound alike so that might be difficult can you tell who's who i think we sound different though i i I think so yes there's there's a difference these vocal cords are 32 years older than yours yeah 30 yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so uh yeah so cross-generational podcast dedicated to mary tyler moore of course but it is run by a mother-daughter team and sylvia is re my mother that's felt very weird i don't like calling you sylvia i know it's kind of weird it's It's very strange (laughs) i know (laughs) miss sylvia it's okay she uh she watched the show growing up i have never watched the show so i'm coming to this for the first time she's revisiting it and we're going from there so this week our our your revisitation my first time viewing of episode 13, The Square-Shaped Room. And according to IMDb, Mary arranges for Rhoda to redecorate Mr. Grant's living room. So. Very cool. Very interesting. Yeah. Directed by Jay Sandrich and written by Susan Silver, who also wrote last week's episode, Is a Friend in Need, where Rhoda lost her job. But this week, Lou has some very specific needs. Um, namely, he needs his living room renovated to surprise his wife. Who's off in a fat farm? She's off at a fat farm, which in and of itself, there's a whole other ball of wax there. That's it. But the idea that he wants to surprise his wife by redecorating the living room and on a budget because uh, in in his, he was asking Mary, does she know any uh, decorators or anyone who could help him out, but it has to be inexpensive, it has to be cheap, and it has to be It has to not budget. cost very much. So everything is all about not costing very much. Well, exactly, because yeah. Lou is cheap. But the idea that one partner would want to decorate a house or, a, or even a room, a common room, like a living room, mm-hmm. For the two, for the for the two people in the home, mm-hmm. makes me cringe because I'd be like, "You touch my living room, you die." Well, yeah, and especially because Lou has no taste. Yeah, like he literally has absolutely no sense of style or no. taste or decor, which explains hiring someone to do that. But like, you're trying to do something nice for your like you would I if if I my the sentiment yeah. But maybe maybe just buy your flowers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? She wanted the renovation. She wanted their living room redone. And mm-hmm. that was a thing that she had always talked about. 
but Lou, you know, I I can't fathom my partner, whoever that might be, not involving me in the process of redecorating any aspect of our home. I like doing that. I know. You're robbing me of something I love doing. This is true. Now, having said that, you like doing that. I like doing that. Mm-hmm. But there may be people. People actually exist and lead, and lead fruitful lives who don't like decorating. You're lying. I, I know. I, You're I'm, lying. I'm actually not lying. That that does exist. There's there's a, a subspecies of human that does not like decorating. Who are female? Uh, I, I'm not sure about that. Well, but I'm not sure about that. But and here's the other thing, right? Is we're that trying to we're stereotyping? Well, bad. here this episode really establishes a very clear and very specific gendered stereotype. Yes, that women like decor women are engaged with decor and have good taste and that women have good taste men are only interested in barca loungers they have no sense of taste or style Mm -hmm. and want no responsibility whatsoever when it comes to redecorating and we know that to not be true that's absolutely true not to be true to be not true to be to be not true that 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 untruth is true that untruth is true yes yeah there are exceptions to all of that they don't know we know they know we know i don't know that's it yeah that we know they know we know. <laughs> and Joe, you can't say anything. Couldn't if I wanted to. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, never mind. What was that? It was a song about they don't know we know. I'm thinking of friends. What are you thinking of? Different. And I don't know the name of the song that I'm humming. Never you don't mind. know? You don't know. I will have to find it. I uh, don't know. You will have to find it. And then we'll put it in. And then yeah. other people will be like, ah, yes, that thing that, that she thing. didn't know is the thing that I know. And now I know. And now you know. <laughs> However, back to the episode, I think that a lot of people are going to kill me for this. A lot of stereotypes are based on a grain of truth. So I think to say that women in general are more interested in decor and have are more engaged in aesthetic sensibilities than men. I think there's probably a little bit of truth to that. Doesn't mean all, doesn't mean none. And I think the other thing that comes with something like that, though, is, is a societally imposed expectation. You are, the woman is, is the home. So the home, the, the keeper of the home is the woman. Therefore the, the decor, the, paint the, yeah. the, uh, the patterns on your sofa the pictures on your wall the curtains are the purview of the woman of the house exactly the man pays the woman decorates exactly and those and and that's that's the thing i come back to other things other shows like something like mad men that portrayed this very well and and uh january jones's character betty draper goes to get their living room renovated like to redecorated and the decorator comes in and does all these things and she's talking about the significance of the hearth and that the hearth is the heart of your home and all of these wonderful things and but Don has a very good eye for design. However, these are considered very frivolous tasks. You hire a professional to do it, but the woman of the house whose job it is to oversee and to run those operations is considered frivolous with a frivolous task. Mm-hmm. And you had that very much in the 60s. You had that in the 50s. I think for time immemorial, these ideas of style and design are largely fe- have largely been feminized traits and feminized jobs i would agree but i think that's also done a very grave disservice to both genders to creativity in both men and women Mm -hmm. and and we're, we're seeing now 
more acceptance of men in positions like this. And as well, where, you know, this was a hyper feminized thing that, you know, that was considered this engagement with style and design. You also saw a an expectation that a lot of the men that were in, involved in it were likely gay. Yeah. yeah. And that, and I, I bring that up as hesitantly as it sounds like I'm bringing it up because I really hate that stereotype. As much as I hate the stereotype of a woman's role is to be, is to be the hearth of her own home and to mm-hmm. design it, but that that's simultaneously a feminized, AKA bad and frivolous thing. Yeah. Unimportant. Unimportant. And it's, you know, it's like, it, it, it falls under the same guise as, you know, people saying, you know, oh, you throw like a girl. Cool. What's wrong with that? Like, I why? Am a, I am a girl. Yeah. That's the way I, girls throw. This is, yeah. And, and but like, it, it, they started doing this, re- this really great campaign a while back where it was like a girl. And, you know, oh, you run like a girl. Oh, you throw like a girl. And they'd get like track athletes and like baseball stars <laughs> who are women. And it's like, right. yeah, what of it? Yeah. I could outrun you. I could outpitch you. Don't give me that. And it's this this whole idea that these things are feminine. The idea that certain tasks are feminine is problematic in its own way. But I think getting involved in a discourse that feminine things are inherently negative. Of less value. Exactly. Of less value. Uh, uh, yeah, are, are of less value. And I mean, we have in our family a man who is in design, mm-hmm. my uncle, who he has amazing taste incredible taste really uh, and it goes it goes from the color of walls to the design of furniture to the choosing of china and cutlery because mm-hmm. it's a continuum of the, the the things that surround you in your home and how important that is in making you feel good mm-hmm. in your own surroundings in fact I remember you when you moved to away for university mm-hmm. and one of the things that was hugely important to you was to have your personal space be just so. Mm-hmm. And it you you did that very well and you are very good at that and your personal space I think is is very high on your list of priorities in being something that is hugely important to you in how in how you function in your day and how you function in the world Mm -hmm. absolutely so there's nothing trivial about that no No. and i think i think people do a disservice to themselves by not taking responsibility for that because we fail to recognize i don't really buy into feng shui and things like that like the, the laws of feng shui some of them sure i get the why of it all i don't necessarily get the doctrine of it all like the idea of never putting uh your bed in a position in the room where the door is directly in front of it I get that because it's a little creepy (laughs) and you know you don't want somebody coming in and just like raw I can charge at you and murder you in your sleep and there's those ideas that become you know and sleeping with your feet towards the door as opposed to with your head head towards the door things like that but in feng shui specifically the idea behind that is because it it, doors are where a lot of energy pass through and if your bed is right in front of a door it's right in front of a large passage of energy and you won't sleep well and you'll get nightmares and i'm like i I don't buy into that but i sometimes you don't have a choice because the only available wall is that wall well exactly 
And I think stuff like that is ridiculous. But, well, for me, I will specify. For me, I don't buy it. important and... Yes. That's fine. But I do think that having a pleasing space, a calming space... And what that is... Is different for everybody. for everybody. I, I, I've been in homes, so I tend to, I tend to go the minimalist route. Yeah. Um, and I like things, I like less, I like carefully chosen, Mm -hmm. I like simple, I don't like fussy, I don't, I I tend to go for a more modern look than a traditional look. Mm -hmm. And I've been in people's homes who are so cluttered and so over the top. And it's by choice. Mm-hmm. And they will say, this is how I like to live. I like my stuff where it is. Mm-hmm. And they're perfectly happy with it. And I would be tearing my hair out in that environment. So the, it's it's quite an amazing revelation to see that they're not sort of overwhelmed by their stuff. They like their stuff. Well, yeah. I'd be overwhelmed by their stuff. In Okay, so we're recording this in my room because now, as I mentioned a few episodes back, my partner and I have five years split up, so we divided. I have my own bedroom. He has his own bedroom. So I got to do what I love to do, which is completely redecorate and and I did it immediately because it was like, nope, my That's space. important for you. Exactly. So important for me. So in this space... How does does this feel cluttered to you? Actually, no, it doesn't. It feels mm. fine. Excellent. It that makes feels me very fine. Because it has it has a lot of furniture, but I think that's necessity more than anything well, else under yeah. the circumstances. Bed, but desk, it, bookshelves. Yeah. Dresser. It it does not feel cluttered. No. Because the things have a purpose and they're well placed. Thank you. So there. And the walls are largely covered with photographs some of mine some i've purchased some are my father's art some i've made some i've purchased some are not my father's um (laughs) so all of it is meaningful so all of it is relatively meaningful yes it's stuff that's either again been made by me purchased by me very carefully or stuff that has been given me you have a carefully curated room yes i do and uh, it's all so the like again you don't have a lot of wall space or anything a lot of stuff has been uh you know kind of salon style walls and things like that and i really like that because i like feeling i like feeling cozy Mm -hmm. i don't like having a lot of tchotchkes all over the place but so like i'm not super big on collectibles some people have given me some and they're for things that i really love like i have a bruce from jaws i love him bruce is the name for those who don't know the name of the shark yes in in the movie jaws the animatronic shark that they used on the set spielberg nicknamed bruce and the crew nicknamed bruce so i have a bruce uh i also have a delorean from back to the future three uh which is my favorite of all of them frankly i mean i don't think it's the best but it's my favorite and there is a difference i have some odds and ends some collectibles but they all matter to me like having uh the ghostbusters women and holtzman and everything because you know safety lights are for dudes and having uh uh darkness from legend because that movie is so important to me for many reasons so i have stuff like that but otherwise i prefer having stuff on the walls i like having because that feels cozy to me Mm -hmm. whereas you would rather have a few carefully selected pieces of art hanging on the walls and like maybe a couple of very carefully selected artful tchotchkes yes and nothing else correct you're not very sentimental with your stuff. Uh, no, I'm not. No, you never no. have been. No, no. Why is that? I don't know. That's 
my personality. And it's not that I have no sentimentality in me. No. But I don't, I don't ascribe sentimentality to things necessarily. You ascribe it to experiences. Yes. And memories. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So photos are a thing that you photos would ascribe. Photos are a big deal. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but things less so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. I definitely respect that. But we see some of that come into play in the episode because the only thing Lou cares about is his Barker lounger, yeah. his ugly ass chair. And it's actually not that horrible. I've seen worse. I've seen way worse. I think in Fraser, I think the dad the da- has the, yes. da- the dad chair in Fraser, I think takes the cake. In, it does. In the ugly dad chair it category. Does. It's way worse. Yeah. But so he's trying to explain to Rhoda what he wants. And it's all over the place. It's nothing makes sense. It's all like random buzzwords that his wife has said once in a while about liking things clean and bright, but also Spanish inspired and also this and also that and also the other. So, Lou, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. Isn't that what you're supposed to tell me? Oh, well, no, Rhoda's got lots of ideas, haven't you? Sure, yeah, lots of ideas. I'm just trying to picture what the room should be. Early American, contemporary, Spanish. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Which one? Oh, is that more than one? Yeah. I don't know. You're the decorator. Uh, well, uh, Mr. Grant, as long as you're doing this for Mrs. Grant, does she have any preferences that you can think of? Well, she's always looking through magazines, pointing out things. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Light and airy. That's what the captions on the pictures always say. Light and airy. Mm -hmm. And inexpensive. That's what I always say. And it just doesn't make any sense. And so Rhoda's kind of like, okay, I can, okay, I'll get this. I can do this. I I can do this. And then we get the imposter syndrome coming. Right. Because this is a a first gig for her. Yeah. As a freelance interior designer, mm-hmm. and she's walking around with sample books and with, uh, you know, color swatches and all these things. And mm-hmm. I think she wants Mary's input and, and then Phyllis, of course, who uh, uh, prides herself on having wonderful taste. Exactly. Uh, and we don't know. Does she have wonderful taste? I suspect I, she does. I suspect Phyllis has wonderful taste. Yes. And I suspect Phyllis would do an amazing job redecorating. I would think so. I... I, it drives me, I got to admit, sometimes Mary makes me a little crazy because she's so nice she's and so nice. sweet yeah. that she's too nice and she's too sweet. Yeah. And like Rhoda's asking for input and showing them samples and being like, well, what about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about the other? And Mary's kind of, oh, well, okay. Nice and Phyllis is following the lead because she knows that she can be a little harsh on Rhoda. So she's not being honest either as a result of Mary's dishonesty. And it's like, eh. so eventually she gives up and just says, nope, I have to do this myself. And she does. And it's a beautiful room. But. But. It's beautiful by today's stand. Well. No, it was be- I think it was, it was even. I th- yeah, I agree. I, so we're th- this is 1971 and the room is a very modern, very sleek, very mm. minimalist, very white. Yes. Everything is white, white walls, white sofas, white, white curtains. Yeah. Uh, like just. It's it's out of house and home. It's a complete lift off from house mm-hmm. and home. It has no soul. And otherwise, you know, lots of chrome accents, mm-hmm. like one of those floor lamps that's huge and curves and hangs over I the living space with a big white shade. 
That was a thing. That, that was, was totally a thing. Yeah, was that totally was a thing a five years ago. I know. I think it's still Everything a thing. Retro. We 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 should clarify that the room before the 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 redo. Yes. The the before room, not the after room, mm-hmm. was very traditional. Had lots of chachkas. Had you know plaid sofa, sort of colonial style. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of warm, old old person's house. It was worn. Worn, yeah. worn, and warm. It was warm. It, it was, was definitely warm, and warm. It was worn, but it was very lived, in. and it had you know like flowery wallpaper kind of stuff yeah. and frilly curtains. So very, very traditional, mm-hmm. tired, old. So this is a shocking departure from yes. that. And the only thing Lou wanted to keep was his Barker lounger. Of course, so they did. And he's even he comes in and I love it. And he's so shocked and stunned, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's lying through his fucking teeth. And then he gets frustrated and he's walking around the carpet because he doesn't want to dirty the carpet. It's like the it's carpet a, is white and it's a living room that you can't live in. Right. So it's gone way too far to the other extreme for them. And that's, I think, also a big thing. Like I've I have yet I don't I, none of my friends make enough money to have such an unlivable living room. So everyone, everyone's working with hand-me-downs. Every, yeah. A lot of people working with yeah. hand-me-downs, secondhand stuff. You get yeah. things used, you refurbish it, you, you know, rub it with some love and you make it yours. That sounds really weird, but you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, you know, a little elbow grease and make it what you want it to be. But I can't fathom having a space that's so uptight and full of itself that you can't genuinely live there Mm -hmm. like that would make me so crazy i can't and like you like really modular minimalist design but it has to be livable it's everything you've ever chosen for your home has been livable and warm and lovely thank you yeah yeah i kind of like our stuff i like i love your stuff our stuff is cool but you know this is like i'm old i've i've lived through i've lived through the hand-me-down stage oh yeah no you have no need for the hand-me-downs, but... Anymore. No, but... But Carrie has very traditional taste. Yes, he does. So we actually, to be fair, when we joined forces, when <laughs> I had my home and he had his, and then we bought a house together, mm-hmm. and we had duplicates of everything. So some of the things, it was obvious whose stuff we would keep, mm-hmm. and then we bought a, a, quite a number of new things because... Both of our stuff was old and ready and worn out. Mm-hmm. So we, we started from scratch. And it was a very interesting exercise in melding a, a traditional um, decor sensibility with something more modern and more streamlined. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because in our relationship, it's kind of the flip Generally, women like things that are more traditional, and men like things that are sleeker. I don't. From what I've seen, really, yeah. In in because I've seen the complete opposite. Have you? And maybe it's also the relationship that I'm coming out of because I prefer things more modular and sleeker. I would love like a '60s style sofa. Mm-hmm. You know, those hard angles, yeah. very modular. The mid-century modern yes, sensibility. Yes, I is love. Very, is very, very. I grew up with that, so yeah. I'm used to that. But we had so... we had a teak dining room set that was to die for. I don't know if I'd want teak. Anyway, anyway. this was teak. But um, yeah, so when we got together, it was uh, we had to compromise, and we actually did, I think, very well mm-hmm. in in some of the things. I would say in most of the things that we ended up getting, in mm-hmm. that they're transitional, they're modern without being hard, mm-hmm. and so it kind of it worked. It worked well. That's. 
that's the best way for things to go isn't it but sometimes it can be really hard oh yeah like i know for claudia and jacob that was always really easy because yeah. she enjoys his style and was very willing to let him take the reins mm-hmm. whereas i'm sure you would prefer to maybe have a little bit more creative control over those decisions i'm not a control freak so i'm gonna say no but you know i'd be lying through my teeth yep <laughs> I'm not a control freak is a sentence said by liars of liars. I, I present to you exhibit A, Sylvia McCon. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. But, and I, you know, thoroughly enjoy having more modular. Fr- I'm looking forward to a, a period of time where I can afford to make those kinds of decisions with regards to style. Because I have compromised. And that, and that will come. Like over the last five years, I have oh, made those sure. compromises. You have to. Yeah. And, you know, affordability and things like that. Yeah, that's pretty big. It's a big deal. There's there's a lot with that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, all in all, what winds up happening is that the apartment is just too much and send it all back and bring back all the old furniture. And they do. And and Rhoda's like, okay, so I've come up with some other ideas. And he's like, no, she loves it. She's like, but I didn't do anything. It's like the walls. The walls are white. The repainting. That was all that was needed. Cleans things up a little bit. Yeah. And it does make a difference. So a good coat of paint will spruce up anything. Spruce up any room. Makes a difference like you would not believe. And and what a difference it made. So that was episode 13, the square-shaped room. Relatively innocuous. light, innocuous yeah. episode. Next week, and this one is so cute. Episode 14, Ted Overheals. So Ted is in love with the daughter of Chuckles the Clown. It's super cute, and you'll see. So it's directed by Peter Baldwin, who we may have seen before at this point, and written by David Davis and Lorenzo Music, who seem to work together a lot. So that's an interesting little team, and it guest stars as the daughter. Uh, We have Arlene Golonka as Betty Bowerchuk. The daughter of, of Chuckles, said of said Chuckly Clown. So thanks again for... Have you hmm? seen Chuckles yet? Yeah, we saw Chuckles in season one. Yes, we did. With the storm. Yes, of course. And yes, he's yes, played yes. by, and I forget his name, but the same man who plays both Howard and Paul Arnell. Gotcha. And I don't know if we see him again. I think we only see Chuckles like once or twice, mm-hmm. but we only ever see him in makeup. So you don't recognize that it's the same actor which is kind of funny that they use the same actor for at least three other characters, Hmm. but. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. In the meantime, feel free to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, the Pocket Casts app, or Google Play Music, really wherever podcasts are found. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at After All Podcast, or you can email us if you have any thoughts about the show at afterallpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time.